Welcome to Episode 8 of the Business of Fun Podcast. I'm Dave Wakeman, your host, and this is my chance to talk to people in the world of tickets, sports, entertainment, wherever fun happens, about the challenges and opportunities of entertaining others. My guest today is Kat Spencer. Kat is the VP of Business Development for Booking Protect, a global refund protection services that enables guests to buy their tickets or their holidays with full confidence that if life happens, they won't have to eat the cost of their entire vacation trip or ticket. When I first met Kat and her uh, business partner, Simon, I was often always like, why hasn't this been a thing for a long, long period of time? So I wanted to have Kat come on because over the last year to 18 months, they've reinvented the way they deliver service. And what I found interesting is that they've taken the idea of delivering service remotely and customer service specifically and taking it to a level that I think rivals anything in any industry that you might see. Uh, one of the fascinating things that, about talking to Cat was that Booking Protect is known for their ability to build relationships both on the client side and the customer side that transcends the distance. And as somebody who delivers a great deal of my work remotely, I'm always fascinated about how people can actually do that and do it well. Building relationships, sustaining relationships, and growing their business, a lot of times when they don't have the opportunity to connect with people face-to-face. Uh, we also discuss things about how we can you know, improve the service to customers, um, you know, how we can continue to grow the industry, and a lot of the other stuff that really, I think, on the customer experience side has a great deal of impact on how customers view and experience with us, uh, view investing with our events and opera and our sports and our theater and our concerts and a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Kat. Hey Kat, thank you for being on the business of fun podcast. How are you today? Yeah, no problem. It's really good today. Thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Now, um, I wanted to have you on to the show because you and I, we've known each other for a while now. And um, mm-hmm. besides the fact that I think it's fun when I get a chance to talk to my friends on a podcast and that people can hear, um, you know, how we would really uh, bust each other's chops in, in private, in, in a public <laughs> forum, there's a couple of things that I thought, like, I thought would be really interesting to our audience. Um, one of the first things I, I really find fascinating about what you and Simon and everybody at Booking Protect does is that you guys are fantastic at building relationships with people. And it's thanks. For, <laughs> and for me, it's really cool because you do so much virtually where you don't necessarily ever see the person in person. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to understand, like, at the start, and mainly this is very self-serving because I want to do more of this myself, you know, what you, what the relationship process is, like, how why are you so good at this? Um, uh, well, a little bit necessity, I guess. Um, you know, we want to be working with people all over the world, and we can't be everywhere all at the one time. Um, so, you know, we kind of had to devise a way to make sure that we could work with people in lots of different countries and and work successfully together and build you know long-term partnerships um for us when we when we start working with people it really isn't a case of let's sign you up let's do a deal and then let's kind of forget you exist it's about making sure that you know there's some longevity in the relationship and that you know that relationship goes on for for hopefully years and years um, really, the main priority is making sure that you get to know the people that you are working with and, and what their needs are in terms of regular contact. So, 
you know, for some people, they want to be touching base all the time. And, you know, for those, you've got things like Skype and WhatsApp and email and, you know, you can be jumping on conference conference calls all the time. Um, and then for others, it's, it's not so regular that they need to get together, but, um, you know, the, all those options are still, still very much available. Yeah. That, that, and that's kind of what, what has been interesting for me is the ability, the technology to bring us closer, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we, we see each other, probably once or twice a year in person, but we talk constantly. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really, but it never, at least to me, you tell me I might be wrong. It never feels like we are not in contact though. You know, it, it feels like we are, at least for me and you, um, you know, we're parts of our, each other's lives. I mean, that, yeah. you know, and, and that's one of the challenges that I think a lot of people feel, um, or they struggle with when they are first, uh, thinking about doing things remotely and you talked about under, you know figuring out ways to understand what the cadence look like for communication with people and making sure people feel um, taken care of you know so you know how do you uncover that especially when you are um, you know not necessarily don't have a person a physical relationship with the person where you see them you know even once a year or twice a year where it's all virtual you know how do how do you establish that understanding of communications and relationship i think um a lot of it is about taking a little bit of time and and slowing down a little bit in a time where we you know we're all really really busy to actually sort of consider what is going on for that other person so you know it's not just about jumping on an email going hey we've got this problem it needs sorting it's it's asking how somebody is because you genuinely want to know (laughs) and actually trying to find out an answer rather than it just being that cursory here's the first line to an email I'm sending you um you know you and I talk so regularly because we've got to know about each other's you know, football passions, even those slightly different teams. And, um, you know, <laughs> we want to know what's going on with the kids and things like that. So, you know, there's fun stuff to touch base on rather than it just always being about work. Um, but equally, that makes, you know, that makes a relationship and a partnership easier so that when there are things happening with work, you can kind of, you can almost save time when it comes to that because, you don't have to kind of get into that. Oh, we've got to tackle this carefully because we don't know each other. You can get straight to the point and be like, look, this is what we've got going on. Um, you know, how can we help? How can we move things forward? What do we need to talk about? You know, you don't have that difficulty because you've already established a, a pretty sound relationship. Yeah. And, and, I, and the part about like kind of the cursory and feeling like you're checking the box with the relationship mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I think that's very important because, you know, I, I'm probably more guilty than anyone of I'll put the three bullet points that I need to get across into the thing. And I'll be like, Oh, and how's everything going at the very end of it? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, it's, it's really true. Um, but I, I, you know, I do think that um, it's really good to hear that like it is important to take the time and to slow down and really genuinely care about what's going on with the other person. Because it seems to me not in all cases, but in too many cases that that's all missing from most of our business relationships now. And one of the, you know, not to really spend too much time focusing on me, but one of the things that I've found that has made my um, 
taking things more internationally has been my ability to do just what you're talking about is like that to build those relationships and to make people mm-hmm. feel like there is a person that really cares about them at the end and it may be easy because I do care I mean I do like you know I do enjoy ribbing you uh, <laughs> about football <laughs> yeah but that I think that's exactly it I think the the bottom line is you you have to you do have to genuinely have an interest or genuinely care and if if you're you know if you're faking it <laughs> then then that becomes quite obvious and quite transparent you know quite early on um I think you know taking the time to get to know people properly at the start of a of a business relationship you know just lends itself to to things working really well in the future um but equally you know it's about understanding how much people do want to exchange that information you know you and I obviously talked quite early on quite a lot about kind of our hobbies and interests outside of work and um I think it's also important to recognize that not everyone necessarily wants to get into that level of detail so it's being quite receptive when you are initially chatting to how far someone really wants to go with that conversation um because I think you can do as much damage by pushing that too far if someone, you know, wants to keep it very kind of professional and, and on a on a sort of high level. Um, but again, that comes back to slow down, take some time, you know, have a conversation, actually consider, you know, the responses that you're getting back. Is, is someone going further? Are they giving you more information? Do they want to talk more? Or, you know, are they sort of shutting the conversation down a little bit and, and be receptive to that and understand that maybe that that's the level with that person? Yeah. And, and, and that's really good advice because one of the things that I know that you do very well that I always um, I talk about a lot with people is that that's a way, you know, is that level of personalized service mm-hmm. that not only translates to you developing a relationship with the people that are your partners, but it also has translated over into how you do business, like how mm-hmm. you deliver the booking protect product to the end user, the customer. Um, I know from looking at the reviews on Trustpilot pretty regularly that one of the common themes of the feedback that people see on the website is the level of service and the level of personalization and the amount of time that your agents and the customer service team spends on understanding the challenges or the reasons that a people that a person might not be able to make it to a show, which mm-hmm. is really unique because I think for most of us, when we think of uh, insurance or ticket protection or anything uh, of that vein, we don't think of warm and fuzzy. We think of like necessary <laughs> evil or, um, you know, uh, I'm going to take this and then these guys aren't yeah, going to pay That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah right. It's like I was trying to be nice, but I guess that's it. <laughs> right? Like they're going to figure out some way to screw me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I've worked in insurance my entire life and, and I still think that whenever I have to deal with anything <laughs> related to insurance. So I get it. Um, but the world doesn't look like that. You know, that, that, that's not how insurance is anymore. You know, I, I think if you go back probably 30, 40 years, maybe that's kind of where some of this legacy stuff stems from. But we're in a different world now. You know, we're regulated properly and 
um, you know, the, the people that, that are involved want to do the right thing by customers, you know, very much about treating customers fairly and being clear and consistent with, with what you're doing. Um, you know, when you look at insurance as a, as a whole, um, when it, when it comes to booking protect, our entire product has been built around the customer. Um, you know, our, you talked about our agents there, um, our internal guys are only targeted on, um, keeping the claims within the the service level agreement so that's getting back to the customer you know within within 48 hours making sure we're hitting that every time and um, achieving positive reviews on Trustpilot they're not targeted on um, you know declining refunds removal of amount anything like that it's all completely you know that's irrelevant it's about handling these these refund requests efficiently and in a way that we're going to end up with a happy customer um, and, you know, that doesn't always mean saying yes. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes we do have to deliver a difficult message, but it's doing that in the right way for the customer so that we're getting straight to the point, nice and clearly, nice and early, not misleading a customer, not, you know, uh, you know, aggravating a, a situation. But where we, you know, where we where we are paying these refunds and, you know, I'm happy to say that that's like 95% of them that do get paid. We're doing it really quickly, really easily so that you actually end up with a bit of a wow factor from a customer. You know, wow, this was actually really easy um, and re- and really quick um, and, and, you know, kind of goes against everything you were saying there at the start of what people expect when it comes to dealing with, you know, a, an insurance related business. Yeah. And I think, too, when you talked about it, um, it's about treating people fairly, and it, mm-hmm. the, the entire experience was built around the customer. It, it brings up a couple interesting questions to me because, um, for full disclosure, uh, book, we, we partnered on a survey recently where we, mm-hmm. we surveyed people all over, the, um, all over the world. Who am I kidding? We got responses <laughs> from all over the world about their live entertainment consumption patterns. And Mm -hmm. one of the big challenges that people had was like, number one is, you know, the price or, you know, fear of not being able to make it to an event or um, illnesses or all these different challenges in in the way. And one of the things that's really great about what you and I and and probably a lot of our colleagues have talked about, too, is about figuring out ways to make it much easier and much simpler for people to feel cared for like we don't just look at them as um atms right and we're just trying to to dig into their pockets we really we want to entertain them we want to give them a service that they feel um happy about that makes them encourages them to come back over and over again and you know and that's what i think really like the way that the booking protect platform is set up and what we've learned is that it really is as simple as like just keeping your promises that can draw people out to you know their to the venues and make them comfortable to buy um you know yeah and i'm sure your data has probably reinforces that yeah absolutely and i think i think with that survey you know that we were looking at it a big factor in doing that and, and asking, you know, our, our partners and, and others that we're not working with, you know, what are what are the current kind of barriers and um, what can what can be done better to get people, you know, into the venue. We we want to understand that too. It's not, you know, we're not just interested in, you know, ticket protection. It's it's about us understanding can we create, develop, flex our product to to somehow better suit the needs of the people that, that we're, you know, sort of partnering with. Um, but 
you know, certainly a big factor. And, and obviously what we found when we were looking through through the, the feedback is people um, are nervous about the amount of money that they you know, part with sometimes 12 months in advance um, f- to go and see, you know, some of these shows um, because, you know, especially if it's on a non-refundable basis and it's it's something that you're taking to the kids too and, you know, you may be buying four tickets, things like that. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the day, you've probably got other outlay as well. It, people sometimes think, mm, do we really want to commit that kind of money that far in advance? And, you know, again, that's about us being able to to kind of step in there and and work with people to hopefully give the customer some peace of mind that look, you can you can make this commitment because if if something crops up on the day that you know you're not well enough to go or something like that, then you've got you know you've got the peace of mind that you you're going to be able to get your your money back. Um, and you know, I, I've been on the receiving end of that too. We, we had the the beast of the east in in uh, in England that you know we got all well, got hit by the snow and. I was due to go and see the stereophonics and uh, I couldn't. And thankfully I, I got my money back and we, you know, there's a big learning exercise for that for us internally because I got to go through the process that the customer goes through. Um, and it, it was, it was actually a great experience because, you know, that evening I was done in my Wellington boots with, with my partner and we were walking into town and we were using, you know, the money that I otherwise would have lost to be able to still go out for something to eat. Um, so the whole evening wasn't a total washout like it would have been had had we not been able to go and lost all the money. Yeah, and one of the things that is really interesting, and you brought it up, was like having the outlay money, you know, maybe 12 mm-hmm. months in advance. And I know one of the conversations I've had uh, was with Jim Aldridge at Ticket King, so Mervish yeah. in Toronto. And he was explaining to me how in the past it used to not be a big deal to, you know, maybe not refund a ticket, but, you know, move somebody into a different performance yet with more and more of these blockbuster shows that are going around, it's almost impossible to Mm -hmm. move somebody into a different seat, to get them into a show at a different time. You know, so like thinking way through ways to get people to, you know, provide a service for people that's going to make them, um, you know, have a good impression and feel good about working with you is really, really more and more important because, I think what the Trustpilot shows and what some of our feedback shows is that it's very easy to um, think that you're operating in a vacuum, but then all you have to do is look at the internet to realize that you are not. Yeah. And that's something that we all need to be conscious of because if, you know, if I screw somebody over, then like somebody's that people are going to know right away, you know, the same for like you guys. And I think that one of the big points of differentiation too, is that it's not just customer service as a mantra or as a, uh, a tagline, it's customer service as an inherent consistent factor for people. And I think that's to me, at least one of the more valuable things that we need to keep in mind, but I'm often accused of thinking too much about the customer. I have a, um, <laughs> which I don't understand, but that's, you know, that's, that's a, a thing. Um, and, but besides, you know, Ticket King, you know, how consistent is this feedback of the blockbuster show and the idea of constantly needing to figure out ways to better serve the customer? You know, how, how much is that conversation going on for your clients? Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone's having that conversation all the time. I think it's, and and, it, and it's not just the guys that are selling, you know, the the, the blockbuster sellout shows. You know, even even smaller, more local venues that you know 
um, are putting on, you know, programs that don't necessarily sell out, is, they're still, you know, potentially going to be out of pocket if they if they do offer a refund or, you know, an exchange policy and things like that. So, um, you know, this this is becoming a running theme for everyone. Um, and it, and it, it's finding solutions that do cover off, you know, customer service, like you say, but also do protect you from a revenue point of view. Um, and obviously, like with this product, actually been able to enhance the revenue that you bring in as well. Um, customer service this is a different world now than, than where we were sort of 20 years ago, because there's just no getting away from um, you know, inconsistencies. It's there's no, there's absolutely no point going around saying, "Oh, we're fantastic at customer service. We, you know, we, we deliver fantastic service to our customers." If you don't, because you know, you only have to do a quick Google search or check on review sites or Twitter or or wherever, and and, and you'll find the answers. You know, that's something that that you know customers are sort of advertising for you now, if you like, and that's why we love. Things like you know the Trustpilot site, um, because that's that's completely open for people to be able to go on there and express how they feel about what we've done. Um, and you know, not every single review on there is is perfect. Um, you know, some of them aren't good, but it's it's about learning as much from from your negatives as you do you know from the positives. We don't get a negative review and go, oh, never mind. That they're the ones where we go, right? Okay, so why has this happened? How have we got to this point? And what can we learn from this? And what can, you know, what can we bring in to change this? Our, our claim system internally is all built um, by our in-house team. And before we, um, before the tech guys actually built it, we trained them as refund handlers so that they could experience the process and therefore develop a tool that was going to work really well for the customer and also for the handlers. Um, an example of, of what I was just talking about is, you know, quite early into the to rollout of our of our new system um, in the middle of last year, um, we got some some uh, reviews on Trustpilot that um, just kind of mentioned that the calendar functionality was a little bit difficult to get through. Um, so we just, you know, we jumped on, we made those changes, and and that's something we, you know, we kind of were able to learn from quite quickly and and move forward. And that's not necessarily something we would have realised was hindering our our customers until we receive that feedback so you know it's a it's constantly learning listening to not just the end customers but our partners as well yeah and and i think um you know i got two more questions that, that i think this brought up for me the first one is you know you you talk so much about partners and i think the way you walk through the process of training your tech department to be uh refund handlers and you know, making sure everybody understands the process is very valuable because one of the things I know that you and me and Simon have talked about over and over again here is the importance of protecting our partners' brands. Mm -hmm. And so thinking through all these steps is, is really, really um, just powerful. And then in the second part of this, which may either be a monologue or a question, is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is it like how, you know – some of the people who have been so great to allow you to help them meet the needs of their customer. Um, you know, so like the first thing is like, you know, what is the secret to protecting somebody's brand? Because I know as we're talking, you just signed up with the grand old Opry to work with you. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of maybe one of the most iconic brands in America. Um, yep. I'm sure that they don't make a decision like this very, um, you know, flippantly. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of consideration that goes into that, you know, so like, how Absolutely. do you, 
you know, ensure that you're going to protect the brand but while also encouraging people, more people to come out to see a venue? Um, it's, it's a challenge and it's one, you know, that, that we sort of face every single day, but we, we don't sell directly to the end consumer. We only sell through our partners. So, you know, protecting their brand is the absolute top priority because if, if we didn't, you know, we'd have been out of business way before now. Um, you know, for us, it's about developing a product that, that, really enhances the offering of of the partner that we're working with we don't want to be detractors in any way we don't want to create extra noise we don't want you know additional touches or headaches or anything like that for for the partners that we work with and you know this this kind of loops back around to the stuff we were talking about at the start which is getting to know the people that you're actually working with because I think far far too often um people you know companies just kind of go for this one size fits all model and it's this is how we do it and they expect the you know they expect the people that they're partnering with to just slot into their existing their existing way you know for us we've got a base product and then we sit down when we do start partnering people with people to talk about you know how does this fit with you what do you do that's maybe a little bit out the ordinary um you, you know, do, do we need to develop a slightly different way of, of talking to your customers or is there certain, you know, sort of instances or issues that you want us to flag up to you to make you aware of? Um, you know, how much information do you want coming back from us? Um, and really kind of mapping that out at the start of the process rather than, um, you know, as I say, just just this one size fits all that, that maybe is a little clunky or, or doesn't really work for um, for the partner. And and then you're starting to just sort of emulate their brand, you know, you're treating the customers the way they treat their customers. You know, if if they're, um, you know, really friendly in the way that they talk to their customers, then we're making sure we're doing the exact same thing um, and, and kind of following, you know, their brand and the flow all the way through to, to kind of the service we're giving the customer on their behalf, if you like. Um, it's not just kind of running before you can walk, really. It's getting to know getting to know what's important to the people that you're working with. Um, did that cover off all your question, Dave? Or was there no, something no, else no, there? Yeah, so. no, that, that's great. <laughs> and, and, and I think um, maybe as the person asking the questions, I have been belaboring this point a little bit because I think that oftentimes – um, the customer service and the um, the importance of your partners is maybe not always given the attention it's needed. And, you know, as we focus on finding ways to get people to come out to events more and more regularly, um, to spend more money in the entertainment sector, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, it is very rare that one partner or one organization handles every touch point for a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the thing is, is like working with somebody like, um, as a parking vendor, you know, in the States maybe, or as a booking protection or your ticket system, all of these things are impactful in the ability to get people to come out to your venue, to come mm-hmm. to, to spend money with you, to give you their attention. And, you know, the, the way that you have laid out so clearly, all the steps and all the care that you take for, um, you know, maintaining that relationship and not damaging that relationship, I think is like something that at the minimum, any partner should be, should be paying attention to because it's so easy to break the trust of consumers. And as you know, again, as the study we did shows is like 
once you have broken that trust, it's very difficult to get back. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and that—that's. I think that's the same with with any relationship, isn't it? We do that even in our, you know, in our, with our personal relationships. As soon as that trust is gone, um, you, you're struggling. You're on an uphill battle, um, and you know, it's it's making sure you, you don't do that. And look, we're not perfect. I'm not saying that there's not the odd customer that at times we maybe we've upset, but if that happens, you jump on it straight away. You know, you make sure you do what's right to to kind of um, to patch that up, and then and then learn from it. Um, and that you know, since 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 we got going uh, with Booking Protect, that's that's been a constant journey. It's it you can't ever think you're at the top of your game. You know, you 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 can be pretty happy with where you are, um, but it, it's about constantly developing, constantly growing. You know, changing your product to to fit with things that are happening that are new. Uh, you know, in in your environment and and flexing to change when it comes um because you know if you're not changing then then you're falling you know <laughs> you're falling behind the times um and you know it, it is important you know to talk about trust because like you say you know our partners are are trusting us to handle their customers with care um to provide a service that encourages their customers to to you know kind of spend money in advance and then you know if they do need to request a refund handling them in a way that makes them want to come back and buy tickets again and actually feel even more confident the second time around because they've experienced you know the kind of process they know they're confident now that actually if, if something bad happens in the future that they would get their money back and you know really enhances that buyer confidence um so yeah you know it, it, it's all it's all about making sure that there's plenty of trust in the relationship between us and our partners and doing everything we can to to protect that oh i mean that's great and you you, you really touched on the last thing i was going to ask which was like how do you make sure you keep it fresh mm-hmm. you know, you're all and i guess part of it goes down to you're always asking yourself the question of how can we improve mm-hmm. you know what can we do a little bit better for the customer um, to make their journey just a little bit better. And I, and I think that's really like an important point to um, always reemphasize because I think it becomes very easy for any of us to sit back and rest on our laurels if we're not very careful. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's asking yourself that and also, you know, kind of going outside of your own internal organization to and, and not being um, too big-headed or too arrogant to think that, you know, you, you know everything, that, you know, your company's got, you know, all, all the world's geniuses sat under one roof and that there's no one else going to be able to give you any better information. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You know, that's, that's part of the reason why you and I touch base so regularly is because if, you, if there are people out there that you know have got, you know, experience and, and they, they see different things, they speak to different people, they get different insights, it's drawing on that and, you know, uh, sucking up information from everywhere you can, um, and not not getting complacent. Oh my gosh, the the, the sucking up information from <laughs> all the different areas is like one of the the nicest things I've found out about doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's um, uh, you know, sometimes when you're doing stuff and you're creating stuff, you you do it if you're not careful you either do it in a vacuum or you feel like you're in a vacuum Um, and so like learning from all these different areas is again another really incredibly important point for everybody involved Um, and again I I think it's one that should be highlighted much more regularly Um, now before I let you go how can people find you on the internet 
uh, all manner of ways. So, you know, you can you can reach us via the website, which is www.bookingprotect.com. Um, you can email me directly, um, cat.spencer at bookingprotect.com. That's cat with a C, not a K. Um, you know, go check us out. Google us, see what crops up. You know, the stuff I've talked about today is is all there for, for people to see. Um, but, uh, you know, if all else fails, I'm sure you'll point them in our, in our direction, Dave. Oh, I absolutely will. <laughs> I will include everything in the show notes. Um, I will tag you in tweets, even though you have a protected account. It'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> I still don't know how I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure this out. I'm like the tech we'll department of out. a technology we'll company. Well, Kat, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the podcast today. Yeah, um, and I, I will talk it. to you again soon. Great. Thanks very much, Dave. Thank you again for listening to the Business Fun Podcast. To find out more about what I'm up to, you can visit my website. It's www.davewakeman.com. Please follow me on Twitter, at David Wakeman. And if you like the podcast, I'd love it if you'd subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, and please leave a review. That way people will know that we're doing something good here. Until next time, see you soon.